Welcome to this episode of Anesthesia On Air, the podcast from the Royal College of Anesthetists. My name is Jan. I'm an ST6 currently at Great Ormond Street Hospital. I am one of the two UK anaesthetic representatives from GASOC, Global Anesthesia Surgery Obstetric Collaboration. Hi, I'm Fee in SD5 in Southampton. I'm the other UK anaesthetic rep of GASOC. In this series, we're going to dive into the global partnerships work in the college. These are opportunities for anaesthetists of all grades to engage with the college's international work. We're fortunate enough to have um, representatives from both NZADP, the Zambia Anesthetic Development Programme, and EADP, Ethiopia Anesthetic Development Programme. Emma, how about you introduce yourself and your involvement with NZADP for a bit, please? Hi, hi, Jan and Fee. Thank you very much for having me for, um, for today. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. So I'm an anaesthetic consultant in Edinburgh and I'm the charity, the GADP charity secretary. Um, and more recently, I became the um, ZADP's, the Zambian Anaesthetic Development Programme co-director, along with Sonia Akrimi and Masuzio. And just a bit about ZADP. So, um, as I said, it's the Zambia Anesthetic Development Programme, and it was set up back in about 2012 when the Zambian government requested um, a training programme within Zambia for anaesthetics. Because prior to that, there were no Zambian anaesthetic physicians that had actually been trained in Zambia, um, only externally in other countries or expats working in the country. And so there were trainees recruited to come on board and, um, and consultants for short-term placements. And then it became more longer-term placements with trainees going out for six months and, um, and longer. And then it subsequently became the charity or under the umbrella charity of GADP, partly to do with sort of the growing elements of it and also hoping to be able to be involved in other countries. And in my initial um, involvement was as out of programme experience for six months when I was an ST5 anaesthetic trainee. So that was back in August 2015 to January 2016. Um, and around that time, we also started developing the junior fellowship. So we got junior trainees coming for shorter periods of time, supported by senior trainees and consultants in countries uh, in the country. So yeah, it was an amazing experience and um, it was inspirational. And, you know, from my perspective, the other things that I got involved in that weren't physician related was teaching the clinical officers and um, involved in uh, other elements of the, the programme and lots of different types of teaching, including simulation and also just inspired by the people. What a wonderful country Zambia is. And um, I know that Anna Ovach me with that as well. Um, I had a fabulous time there. That all sounds amazing. How about you, Anna? Can you tell us about you and, and your story with GADP and EADP? Yes. Hi. Um, I'm consultant anesthetist in London and also a chair of uh, EADP uh, committee. Uh, so I actually got involved probably six months before uh, Emma uh, when I went out uh, to Lusaka for my UPS and SD5 trainee. I remember I was later handing over to Emma when I finished. It was a fascinating experience just being removed from the uh, usual um, NHS uh, training and definitely made me much more independent and thinking out of the box and definitely prepared me for 
the consultant uh, job back in the UK later on. Emma mentioned um, clinical officers teaching. I remember I was doing that as well, uh, in addition to teaching the um, local uh, trainees in the hospital. Um, and I again, I think the encounter with the non-physician anesthetists, both in Zambia and Ethiopia, uh, was really useful and led me to being involved in the training of anesthesia associates back in the UK now. As Emma said, fascinating country. I wasn't lucky enough to see the bats migration. However, uh, I what stuck with me is definitely the hippos in the uh, Lower Zambezi uh, National Park. I think we're quite lucky that they didn't rock our little boat too much. And um, also what I remember from those six months is uh, all the amazing people and the camaraderie with the group of expats as well. Although we didn't have um, all the entertainment you have back in London, um, the um, group of people and the creativity uh, was amazing. I always have something uh, really interesting to do. Uh, so it was both clinical work, which was an unforgettable experience, and uh, outside work as well. So when you come back, how did you start getting involved with the behind the scenes, so to speak? And what were the associated challenges? Uh, so from my perspective, uh, when I got back, I was I just so inspired by everything that I'd seen while I was away and by the people. And I just wanted to be involved and ensure that this was a sustained effort and that we were still managing to get trainees into country. And so I... Um, helped initially with Emma Lilly, who's one of the other previous ZADP fellows and also trustees with the recruitment side of things. So I started um, doing the recruitment for ZADP. And then also we now have an annual conference. So that started quite small. It was usually in London, um, actually at the Royal College, and normally just for sort of friends of ZADP and, and then growing into GADP. And that obviously went online during COVID. And so I've actually um, been organizing that conference along with other members of GADP over the last few years, which has again been fantastic. It's got everyone internationally involved, um, especially now it's gone on online. Although it is lovely also to be able to see people um, face to face. So we're hoping that we might be able to do a bit more face to face activity in the future. And then recently um, becoming co-director of ZADP, uh, just a bit more involved in the day-to-day -day runnings and um, again more recruitment and in-country fellows and adapting that activity so since COVID I've found that people are spending sort of uh, are now more involved in the remote aspects so we started up the remote fellowship um, during COVID and we've got a great lead for the remote fellowship and now we have trainees doing a bit of both so a bit of remote um, fellowship and then in-country fellowships as well and some people are going for sort of three to six months but I'd say the major challenges over the last um, year or so have really been when it comes to the availability of grants so um, limited funding opportunities and grant availability and you know from my perspective this is a steep learning curve uh, having become a charity secretary as well and trying to make sure that we're sticking by all of the requirements from the charity commission's perspective and being and being involved and you know during covid we had to bring our trainees home so uh, the flights were 
dwindling and we couldn't get um we, we weren't sure whether we'd be able to get them home if they stayed out for a few more months and we weren't sure what was going to happen in Zambia um let alone you know other countries so we brought the trainees home and that was when we set up the the remote fellowship and we constantly make sure that we're assessing the needs of Zambia and um and adapting on a attempting month to month basis but actually it, it it takes a long time to um to progress change sometimes and you know the the most important part is making sure that our trainees are getting that teaching and i think during covid it was it was really difficult uh, and trainees were so busy if we were delivering teaching sessions in the evening or early in the morning you know it was inspirational that they all attended um you know, I'm I'm really, really pleased we're back in country now with the fellows. That all sounds great. Thank you. How about the Ethiopia side? How, how were you involved, Anna? So for me, I must say it wasn't easy to begin with. Uh, when I came back from Zambia, uh, I was sure that I want to find my place in global anesthesia. However, I hit the wall, which I think many of the trainees do. Um, uh, so it all started slowly and with little steps. I taught on uh, safe obstetric anesthesia courses in India and Nepal. Uh, I joined World Anesthesia Society and committee. And in 2019, I went to Addis as a volunteer with EADP for three weeks, uh, mainly because I went to Ethiopia before and I just absolutely loved the country. And I think... Around two years later, so I stayed in touch with the team. And around two years later, I got a phone call from uh, Dylan Bold, who is based in Canada, but heavily involved both in the Zambian and Ethiopian program. And um, I was asked to chair the EADP committee. Um, so that was the uh, start of uh, my involve official involvement with EADP. Just to highlight here, the Ethiopian program is very different from the Zambian program for many reasons. Um, not only there are two different, uh, completely different countries, but it's also a partnership between Addis Ababa University and CASIP, which is Canadian Society of Anesthesiologists, and uh, GADP, uh, which means that it spans three continents. It did start as a partnership between CASIP and Addis. However, Later on, GDP came uh, into picture because um turned out that most of the volunteers who actually go uh, as in-country fellows um, to Ethiopia are from the UK. It makes working with the program very interesting but challenging as well, uh, communicating over several time zones um, sometimes uh, can be tricky. Also, um, Ethiopian culture is absolutely fascinating, but I think uh, there are a bit more cultural barriers as well. And it will be much, much easier, I'm sure, if we could all sit around the table with a cup of Ethiopian coffee rather than on Zoom. So another thing um, I learned is um, how many techniques uh, used in low resource setting can be actually very useful back home. Um, that became really clear when the COVID pandemic hit. And I remember that moment um, at work in London when everyone was panicking. We don't have enough equipment. We don't have enough infusion pumps to keep our uh, COVID patients asleep in intensive care. And I remember feeling quite calm 
um, because all I was thinking about was, well, when I was in Zambia, um, they didn't have any infusion pumps and they were keeping their patients asleep. And there are other ways of doing it. And actually, I know people who I can call or email for advice how to do it. That's something that was uh, quite helpful during the pandemic. I think the most challenging when it comes to um, generally global anesthesia work is the slow progress. I'm quite impatient person. And unfortunately, nothing happens quickly with these programs. Um, I think the moment when I sort of realized that you just have to accept it is when um, a couple of years after coming back from Lusaka, I went to a GDP conference and I actually saw how much has changed and amazing progress was made since the time when I was there. And then put everything in perspective that things really change and improve and you add value to it. It sounds like you dedicated a lot of time and effort to this. So what uh, keeps you guys ticking, as you said, it's quite slow moving, don't always see the progress when you're going and moving along. I think for me, it's the people, a bunch of very dedicated people in global anesthesia world and uh, constant learning. You constantly see different perspectives from different work environments, different communication styles, which is very different from our day-to-day work in the NHS hospital. And I think it really makes me a better leader and better educator back home as well. Yeah, I think I echo everything that Anna said. Um, that It's just a fantastic opportunity. And you work with people who work with limited resources every day and they don't complain. They just get on with it and they try and adapt what they do on a on a daily basis to do the best they can for their patients. And, you know, they get very limited training in comparison to what we get in the UK. And yet they really want to come out the other end delivering a good anaesthetic. Um, and, you know, for me, I got to watch the first um, trainees graduate from the training program. And that was a really proud moment. And I did have been involved in the program for a few months. But I think that really inspired me to continue being involved in this or other types of activity in global health and, you know, lifelong friends internationally. I mean, Dylan, um, Anna talked about Dylan. Dylan's been part of my life now since I um, since I signed on to ZADP and he's now the director for the charity and, you know, uh, he's inspirational as well in, in drawing people together from, from different continents. Other things I loved about Zambia was the traveling and, um, you know, getting the opportunity to, to go on safari and see lots of wild animals. And then somebody asked me if I wanted to go and see the bat and I was like, mm, not so sure about that. But it turns out that the fruit bats, the biggest mammal migration in the world. And so I spent the weekend, a long weekend, watching the bats migrate. And it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Um, and just another reason why Zambia is a beautiful country. But yeah, I'm just glad to be involved and, and get to meet so many lovely people, including yourselves, and get involved and stay involved and continue to, you know, inspire other people, hopefully, to be involved in the future. That is so wonderful. If anyone is interested in GADP, feel free to go to gadpartnerships.com or contact them on info at gadpartnerships.com. 
feel free to also contact Global Partnerships at global.rcoa.ac.uk. Thank you so much for both of you for chatting with us. And please, everyone else, stay tuned for our next episode.